Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. That you are indeed. And today we're going to talk about, well, actually it's prompted by the 2021 Solar Industry Report, or second title here, How Much Should I Really Pay to Put Solar on My Roof? So it's a good thing. I'm not very tired this morning. I might be taking a nap on oh, this one. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. I, I'm feeling validated <laughs> right now. So, all right. Well, well, let me just say what, what prompted this is um, every six months or so, a company called Energy Sage, and they're like a uh, facilitating company to help people get solar, uh, produces a report. They they interview hundreds, maybe thousands of installers all over the United States. Solar, solar, solar installer. installers. Yeah, and they're trying to say, okay, what's really happening out there in the industry? So they ask them lots of questions like, how much do you charge? How long does it take? Um, you know, what is what products are you using? How many products do you specify? Things like that. So we'll touch on some of these, but. Um, but what it does do is gives a pretty accurate idea of what people are actually charging out there in the industry. And this has been a big issue. I mean, when I go out and talk to people about solar, and I've been doing a lot of uh, site assessments for commercial uh, companies to put solar on, on their business, and they're all oftentimes approached by folks who sort of cold call them. You know, I think of them like the old aluminum siding sales guys yeah. who, who show up and they say, hey, I can put solar on your building. And but they're also on Facebook, every commercial on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, th these guys are everywhere. And when we see these things, we go, wow, they're shysters. You can tell <laughs> because they're saying things like you can get $2,000 back and, yeah. you know, it's not going to cost like you anything. And it's a lie. $75 billion government incentive program that they the utilities don't want you to know about it. Anytime someone says somebody else doesn't want you to know about it, you know it's probably the police. Uh, unless you know, it's, unless it's about Santa Claus yeah. and you're five years old. And I don't want to know about it. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's let's sort of dive in a little bit. And um, and Annie, um, feel free to interrupt as per usual, um, whatever. Oh, <laughs> now whatever you're you really in trouble to. this morning. All right. Well, the, the big news from this report was that for the first time ever, uh, the cost of installing solar in the United States actually went up in the last um, six months. Yeah, but that makes sense because we have a lot of supply chain interruption. Uh, we have a lot of increase in pricing at every level in this country from food to the garbage collector. So that makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. In fact, that is exactly what's what the problem is. It's primarily supply chain um, issues, people getting product and the like, but, but the cost increase was so minor. It actually increased from an average of $2.67 per watt to $2.68 per watt. Well, so. if you're that that commercial entity that's been quoted four dollars and fifty cents, like yeah, <laughs> I guess that that seems like a cut, right? But I can just hear advertisements of the anti-solar. You know, prices from for solar are going through the roof or whatever. Anyway, we'll we'll not prejudge until they actually do it. Oh, and, it's coming. You yeah, know, it coming. is. So, um, actually, when I speak to some folks, like there's one guy I know, um, who who is up in the Chicago area, and he's always like, really. Boy, I would love to get $2.68 a watt. So these things, 
very um, from location to location, from installing company to installing company. There are a lot of issues that it could affect it. But before I get into that, I probably should explain what does it mean two dollars and sixty eight cents per I was watt. Just, I was just going to yeah. ask you because it strikes me that every locale has a different um, set of rules. So you might have to have an engineering study like in Columbus, well, okay, Ohio. That's, that's one of the issues, but that's not what I'm talking about at oh, this okay. moment. All right. Okay. So save that in your, in your file there. Um, <laughs> I have a file. Have I a didn't file. know, but I do now. Your mental Rolodex. So <laughs> anyway, um, so, so what is per watt? Well, basically what this means is how many watts a panel will produce under what they refer to as standard test conditions. And it just it's a condition that that gives us something to measure one panel against the other. So standard test conditions is is 1000 watts of energy per square meter at essentially 77 degrees Fahrenheit or 25 degrees Celsius and a panel is then rated based on those conditions. So you might buy a 300 watt panel or a 400 watt panel or a 250, they're, they're all over the place. But it essentially says that if you're experiencing those exact conditions, which is like full sunlight at sea level on a nice cool day, it will produce this much power instantaneously. And then over the course of the day, different places have different quantities of this ideal sunlight. So they refer to that as solar insulation. I know I'm getting into the weeds. She's looking at me like, no, really? But no. anyway, so <laughs> an average, let's say in Ohio, we have about 4.2 or 3 uh, hours of insulation. This would be one hour periods of 1,000 watt per square meter sunlight. So obviously the sun doesn't shine for four hours and then it's dark for 24 hour, or 20 hours. But that's just how it's measured. So Arizona might have six and a half hours. Ohio might have four and a half hours. Right. And and different times of the year, different things. Yeah. But, in the summer, you have more sun in the but winter. But I want to point out that I think all electrical or anything that's electrical gets some kind of test like that that rates it. So it's pretty reliable because they want to make sure that you understand if even if you don't drill down like you do and know all the particulars that for example how much energy that my generator can generate or how much uh energy yeah, it's my like seven dryer horsepower. will pull yeah you so. would be assured that a seven horse horsepower generator from generac should generate about the same amount of power as a seven horsepower generator from another company and 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 so that's really what we're looking at and there are specifications these panels are tested against. It's actually UL 1703, and they look at the manufacturing process and they essentially verify, yes, what they say they're producing, they do in fact produce. So you're pretty safe in assuming that's true. Even even our compost toilet has, has a certain rating. And if you don't meet that, have that rating, you can't get uh, permission to have a compost okay, toilet. Well, I wouldn't put it on a roof. So, <laughs> well, you might <laughs> talk about walking to privy in the rain, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay so anyway, uh, enough about toilets. Um, <laughs> all right, so the cost per watt is two dollars and sixty-eight cents, and the average home in the United States is going to have, as it turns out, they studied this, but the average home has about a ten thousand watt solar array. So, doing quick math. 
10,000 watts times $2.68 per watt would basically mean the average system installed is going to cost about $26,800. That's that's pretty pretty safe to say. And all of these numbers I'm talking about at this point are pre-tax incentives, pre other incentives. Everything. There are different types but, of but incentives. But what does this cost, this $2.68 a kilowatt? How, how, uh, per how, watt. Per, per watt. watt, sorry. How How is that generated? Does that include the racking system and the panels That's, and also the the fees you have to pay and the licensing? everything, everything, everything. Wow. Uh, but fully that would installed. be different in every location. Though. It is, it is. And, and so what you see is some pretty... Um, dramatic changes from state to state. Before I get to that, though, let me just say that these prices continue to come down. In 2014, the first report from Energy Sage, the price was $3.80 per watt. If you went back, oh, I don't what know. What was it when we installed ours? It was like it was, uh, it was a fifty. It was more than that. And oh, that was 2014. Well, 2014 is when we put in the first one. So 380. But if you went back 10 years, 2012 or 15 years, 15 years, you'd be looking at about $7 per per watt. So now we're down to about $2.5 per watt. Well, and the efficiency now is very different than it would have been that many years ago, well, they, even from today. Yeah, the but they take, inverters and stuff. they take that into account as far as efficiency of the panel. Um, because it's really how many watts of output are being generated. So. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if we looked at what did it cost per uh, watt in 2008, we maybe it was more expensive, but it wouldn't have been enough, as efficient as today, uh, mm -hmm. the panels today with the microinverters, because I think they were just starting to convert to microinverters. Yeah, there. it was a brand new, brand yeah. new thing. Yeah. Um, and that was based on Hey, some, I know a couple of things. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> well, you had mentioned about the supply chain. And actually, in this study, they found that the installers said about 58% of them said they had been impacted by supply chain issues either slightly or severely or significantly. And a lot of that comes about because China has been historically the um, premier place that we get solar panels from. And then they imposed a 25% tariff on, well, on Chinese. Mr. Trump did. Right. And, and then, so what China did is said, oh, okay, well, we'll move our factories to Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam, which they did. They're still Chinese companies, but now they make them in Malaysia or, or Vietnam. They're following the patterns of the U.S. corporations. <laughs> there you go. And that that basically provides us in the U.S. about 80% of all the panels we get are from those, those countries. And now we've all experienced, you know, if you can't get toilet paper at the supermarket or whatever, you're not going to be able to get solar panels. Um, they're all in these ships that are backing up in the port of LA or whatever. <laughs> backing up. Backing up. Um, I'm, all right. You keep going to toilet humor here. I can't so help it. anyway, so uh so that's been one of the issues and and hopefully that's a short term thing. A lot of uh panel manufacturing is shifting to the US, although it's very, very slow. But there's a lot of money being put into that. And, but there are and, components that are made in the U.S., so it isn't oh, sure. just a one-stop shop. Well, but those components have the same issue. Uh, you know, when you're talking about aluminum rails or the, um, you know, the wire, copper wire, all of those different industries are getting hit with supply, um, you know, supply chain issues. 
So especially they're... now with uh, with Russia, they are big producers of different kinds of metals. Yeah, we may we may run into that. Who knows? I mean, they're not historically a big producer of this type of material. But when the global economy gets disrupted, everybody gets affected, not just um, specific marketplaces. So one other thing I, I well, did. I just would say that this is just a good a uh, reminder that if you're going to do a project, you should have your project planning in place and have ordered what you need well ahead. And so not all companies are run that efficiently. And so some of their supply chain interruption may be that they wait till the end or the last minute. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying some of this could be impacted by their inability to be efficient in their business. Well, but I'll also point out, I mean, no matter how much you plan, like a good friend of mine, well, you know him too, but I won't say his name. (laughs) I won't say Paulo's name on the phone, but or on the radio. But anyway, um, he was taking orders. They, They deal with telecommunications and electrical supplies. And I know he was essentially talking to vendors, to their supplier. And the supplier is saying, okay, we will not deliver any new orders for another year. And we're not going to tell you what the prices are going to be until we ship them. So, right. so but that's, that's the challenge right now too, is that we don't know if we, if we're doing something uh, and we're, we have a budget for it, but it may be a totally different price and definitely going to be more of a price once we get, we, you know, you and I've experienced that with putting fence in and, sure. and water tanks and everything. We had budgeted a certain amount and it turns out that uh, the system, the consumer system had changed their mind about what things cost and suddenly we're looking at thousands of dollars Well, more. fortunately, the last two years have shown us that the American public will be patient, understanding, <laughs> and kind. What, what country do you live these, in? When uh, these supply chains, <laughs> the, the con- <laughs> country where I want to live, right? Okay, well, before we move on a little bit further, I wanted to remind everyone that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. All right. The end of the world involves the end of fossil fuels being burned to make electricity. So we're talking about exactly how much would it, should you expect to pay if you're going to put solar on your home. And, and I think we're seeing, again, with the supply chain issues, gasoline prices are just shooting through the roof. That's a very visible reminder to folks to say, hey, Maybe I ought to think about alternatives like electric vehicles or, um, you know, solar on my home or whatever. So we see a spike of interest in solar whenever there are these um, fossil fuel, um, you know, uh, issues, disruptions, marketplace disruptions, sort of the boom bust cycle of fossil fuels. But I want to go back to the price because I think that one of the considerations that people may not think about is that there's quite an added cost to whomever designs the system. So that's, that's a, a, a really large cost to this, to your project. And then also there are often um, fees and permits that you have to apply for well ahead of time and sure. pay for, and maybe even additional stuff, like maybe they didn't like what the engineer saw, so you have to co- have people come back. And then there's also the cost of the maintenance, which should be built in to some extent to any project. Well, what you're pointing to there is when we talk about this $2.68 per watt, of that, 
only about 40% of it is what they refer to as hard costs. That's the cost of the equipment that you're going to be installing. So, so like really, the panels, yeah, the, the panels, the, the, the inverters, framing, the, the racking, yeah. the wire, mm-hmm. the disconnects, all of that stuff. Then the rest of it's going to be soft costs like the installation, which you would assume, but also how much does it cost for the company to advertise, to get customers? What about their profit? What about their permitting? What about their design um, issues? Um, you know, contingency costs, there's always something that goes wrong. So, so you put that into the number. Well, all of that is contained in that 268. Um, and, but it varies obviously from state to state. I think the highest uh, average price state is um, Indiana. Indiana is an average of $3.27. That's because they don't want solar. Well, there may be, um, there may be a number of issues. Yeah, One, there's a lot of pushback. Well, there may not be that many installers, so there's not a lot of competition. Sunlight, you know, everybody knows Indiana is gloomy, right? No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about many gloomy. people. Gloomy, <laughs> uh, no. Um, you know, so um, whereas the cheapest state is Arizona, Arizona, $2.25 per watt. And that's because so many old people there, they're cheap. Well, I think it's probably, you know, they get a lot I'm of sunlight. I'm being nasty today, so, sorry. So per watt, they're going to get more for every panel. So so that's going to well, be a Well, and what does it. the market bear? You know, just because, just because I can get products at a certain price, I'm not charging my customer at that price. So how much do I mark it up? And that brings to mind the fact that as you started the conversation with that there's a lot of shysters out there and that you should get several bids and you should talk to other customers of these people, or if it's a nonprofit, like a co-op you're working through, what's their reliability? How do people show up and don't ever write the full check to the person (laughs) because they for sure are not coming back if they want to be paid completely up. Well, if they're pressuring you to sign and make a decision that day, you know, it's always a good idea when anybody does that to say, all right, I'm not going to. But I hear all the time people who paid a hundred percent and the person showed up with a few things and then never came back. Well, not necessarily in solar, but in a lot of Well, in things. general, yeah. And then right. when you see these people online or on TV making these false claims, you just wonder, okay, what else are they doing that's fraudulent? Well, one thing I remember my dad telling me when I was a wee lad, um, and this was about life insurance, but it was, he said, basically, life insurance, and in this case, we'll extend it to solar, should be purchased. It should never be sold. So, so it's basically, if you want it, go out and buy it, but don't be sold it. Right. Don't, don't get talked into. Yeah. So, so make this as conscious decision. I've decided I want solar. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get a couple of bids. Well, you know, just from this program here, if you get a bid that's over $3 a watt. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Yeah. And that's before incentives, you know? Um, So the other thing I'll say that served us really well in our business world life and our personal life is that if it's a good day, good deal today, it'll be a great deal tomorrow. Yeah. And history has shown us with solar, it'll be a better deal tomorrow. Oh yeah. Cause it's going to be cheaper. <laughs> the prices are less. <laughs> and, and one, one um, statistic that I like to see as far as where this could go right now in the U S the cost, the average cost is about $2 and 67 cents a watt, 68 cents a watt in Australia. The average cost for an installation is a dollar a watt. So the government must be giving a lot of incentive. No, what it, what it is is, of course, Australia's sunlight is going to be more like Arizona. 
So they're going to get a lot of production out of the panels. And the government has gotten out of the way when it comes to permitting. Oh, yeah. Things like that. So you just fill out an online form. Boom. It's it's approved that day. The installers. I think I saw an article before, essentially in the U.S., from the day you make the decision to buy it to the day that it's installed and working in the U.S., the average time is, let's just throw out a number like six months, something like that. In Australia, it's less than two weeks. So, so they've got the process down. Boom! They've boom, also boom. got the product access. Well, they're not that far from China. Well, people uh, well, go on vacation there from China. I don't know that the shipping is that such an issue, but I think you're seeing such a heavy adoption. So it's a true industry. It's well developed. Yeah, it's the, institutionally the processes are streamlined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that makes a big difference. Um, plus, I think the people might be slightly nicer. So. <laughs> I'm really into that. That and the potties. There you go. All right. So move. <laughs> Good day, mate. All right. That's yeah, that's horrible. All right. So anyway, uh, another thing that affects the price uh, per watt is how big is the system. So smaller systems are going to be more expensive per watt. So systems that are under 2,000 watts are going to be over $4 a watt. That's a pretty small system. That's like 5 that's solar for a panels. dog horse, dog house. Uh, it could be. Oh, I don't know about it. It's very luxury. Like dog. a tool. <laughs> well, I don't but, know. But when you start getting into shed. systems that are bigger than twelve thousand watts, then you should be down closer to the two dollar and fifty cents as opposed to. Uh, and if you get even bigger, I mean, I've looked at some systems that are sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred kilowatt um, size. Then it's closer to the two dollar. Per watt before incentives. Is there a demarcation, like if you're residential, you can't get more than a certain amount of wattage, of wattage without being considered, uh, uh, maybe providing energy for somebody well, else. <laughs> well, in Ohio, and this is similar in other states, you're not allowed to produce more than 120 percent of what you use. Otherwise, you would be a producer. But many utilities might have a 10,000 watt demarcation saying, okay, anything bigger than 10,000 watts, we consider to be commercial and anything smaller, we consider to be residential. And that's kind of an arbitrary distinction because there are a lot of homes out there that yeah. need need a bigger, but it's just what it's they've 10, done. 10,000 watts isn't that much if you had a 5,000 or 4,000 square foot house. Yeah. Well, the difference might be um, in inspections. It might be in cost for fees, things like that. So uh, the the size variation really kind of goes all over the place. And these numbers from this report kind of surprised me. Uh, California, of course, has been the leading adopter of solar for many, many years. But I was looking, the average monthly electric bill in California is only 448 kilowatt hours a month, which is about half of what the national average is. But a lot of people live in like a closet. So. Well, smaller homes, the climate is somewhat different. We're not talking about the need for a lot of air conditioning. Also, some of them, you know, they had a big to do when Carter was president in California. Um, I don't remember if that was Jerry Brown, the governor then, but um, where people went around door to door and sold like solar thermal water uh, heaters, panels um, to heat pools and things like that. Many of those uh, are still in existence. So that may have some influence. Might, probably more about energy efficiency programs. But the other thing in California is the average electrical rate is about twice as much as it is in other other states. So that's going to have something to do when you raise the price, 
people tend to lower consumption. So the average electrical rate's about 22 cents per kilowatt hour in California. If you compare that to Texas, which is the number two state for solar, uh, you're talking about about 12 and a half cents per kilowatt hour for electricity, but people use more than twice as much electricity, about 1,068, which is a little above the national average. The national average per household for electric is around 900, somewhere in there, 900 kilowatt hours. But they're hours. from Texas. They have to be the biggest bigger. and best, and they're not number Texas. one, so they're working towards it. Yeah. And then, of course, if you want to just know the states, uh, California, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Nevada, New Jersey, That's Massachusetts, so Virginia, the warmest, and Georgia. Mostly warmer states, more sunnier states. That's very interesting. Well, Yeah. It makes sense. And and they have big electric bills because well, the air conditioning. They're also, I mean, it makes sense. They would be first adopters uh, versus, you know, uh, there's a whole marketing thing trying to get past the fact that just because we're in Ohio or Indiana or Illinois or Massachusetts, that we don't have the ability to have solar when we look at Germany, which is the biggest consumer of solar energy in the world. So uh, I think. Nope, nope, nope. Not, not true. Not true. China. China's okay, number China. one. All right. Well, I'll give US them that. U.S. is but number two. Okay. But I rest my case. They're they still really far north. Uh, most of it is pr pretty far north with really bad weather. And so I think that's the other thing that we've had to do is to get past that marketing shtick that was some of the pushback from the electric companies and gas companies that said, oh, you can't do solar because it, it doesn't work in a lot of the United States. All right. Well, the other big takeaway is, of course, um, is storage uh, batteries essentially on your system. Are, are gaining, in fact, they said about 70% of all bids when they go out to price a system includes some sort of storage, although only about, I think it was 14%, uh, somewhere around there, have actually installed well, that's batteries because the they're the still kicker. expensive. Right. But we can buy a truck now, which yeah, would be right. great. And well, we that could was a different use program. that. Yeah, we have another program about that, uh, about the Ford 150. And is one fifty? Uh, no, the Ford Lightning. It oh, was Ford the, Lightning. Yeah. It was... So, so anyway, but that's showing that you could buy a vehicle and power your power your your house with All that. All right. Well, the reasons people are looking for storage: some people off the grid. That's not very many. Self supply. That's the way that let's say you have a solar array. You're trying to sell it back to the utility through a net metering, and they've lowered how much they're going to give you for it. So you say, well, instead of selling to you, I want to use it myself. So I'm going to store it and then use it a little bit later in the day. Or they may be adding a battery later, so they design it. That's or what I always recommend. Or maybe you have an energy company that shuts off your electric all the time because of the overload and you need that backup. Well, that's the backup power. That's the main reason people have it. The grid goes down for any number of reasons, uh, national, natural catastrophe, things like that. And then they've moved to a time-of-day pricing sk scheme where uh, during peak load demand times, they charge more for electricity than during off-peak periods. So store your energy when you can and then use it during peak load. And that's another big, big reason for uh, folks, um, you know, putting batteries on their system. So in summary, since we're coming right to the end here, um, <laughs> what we found is when you go to think about putting solar on your home, 
Uh, if you get a bid that's over three dollars a watt, uh, get get multiple bids. You should be paying somewhere in the two fifty to three dollar a watt range. There are incentive programs. There's a twenty six percent tax credit um, that you can take off on on any of these systems. There are other ones, a lot more if you're a commercial entity. It's a good deal. It's going to pay for itself probably in six to seven years based on your utility rate. And when you do it, um, put in the capacity to add storage later because that's going to be a thing you're going to want. So, all right, with that in mind, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our ever vigilant and always powerful Adam Rich, our producer. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and stop asking how long till this pays back. All right. Till next time. Bye. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blurockstation.com. Yeah.